Ordo, we, we have to do something. What do you propose we do? I, I, I don't know. I see. You're awake now. Hey there. There are better places to take a nap than on the ground, you know. Give me your hand. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Emblem Support Podcast. I am the exile of Ulysse, Ordo, and he has t- traveled through time to stop the ruinous future, Cardwiz. Build an army. Trust no one, except for us. This is the Emblem Sport Podcast. And before my good friend Order, before we begin to delve into the world of a revived franchise, I must ask you, what have you been playing recently? Man, I have been on the grind. I uh, I really buckled in and I beat Yakuza 5, which, holy crap, that's one meaty game. Um, I've beaten... The Halo One campaign, and I beat Danganronpa uh, in our little bit, our little absence here. That's a lot of games to be playing. Uh, how did you like? Well, all of those games. Danganronpa, I liked. I liked a lot. Um, a couple of cases were predictable, but I mean, it, I mean, it is what it is with like these visual novels. Um, I really enjoyed it. I was super hyped so much. I was like, you know what? I'm ready to play the second game. But the second game actually isn't on Xbox, nor is the third. So. Guess I'll either be waiting or I'll get it on Switch or PS4, PS5. <laughs> yes, um, you're one of the fancy PS5 people. Yes, well, you know. Uh, Yakuza 5, I enjoyed it a lot, but I think it's very bloated. Uh, it's the longest Yakuza I've ever played. <laughs> that, that sounds like it's saying something, because I've played a little bit of Yakuza, and those games can get long. Yeah, I mean, like, you have, what, you have five playable characters they're in five different cities it's just it's fun and i think the reason why i have so much bloat is because i spent a lot of time doing the racing stuff uh with kiryu but uh if i took away that then it probably probably took about 10 hours maybe even 15 hours <laughs> off off the uh play time that i had and the halo one campaign i was just i was just curious i booted up the master chief collection and i just started playing it i was just like this feels really good to play it's it's a little dated in some areas, but not so dated that like if you played it today, you wouldn't enjoy it. it. It's still a really good time. Yes, I recently played. I don't think I finished the first Halo campaign, but played a little bit of it for the first time. And I loved how open yet almost kind of linear the maps were. Like it's it feels so open, but it still points you in the right direction to go to to get to the next story point. It's just like, I love the level designs in that game. Yeah, and like. Switching the graphics back and forth, you hit you can hit the um oh I forget what the button's like, called like the select button or what would yeah whatever whatever the back or select button equivalent is because they change now it's so, on the Xbox it's like it's in the menu button on the 360 it's the back button so whatever that whatever that second button is and you can actually switch on the fly the different graphic styles and that's really cool to kind of see you know what it looked like back then and what it looked like now and and for a lot of it I. For a lot of it, I thought like the back then graphics actually still looked pretty good, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was just like designing design choices. Like I remember, like really noticing the differences between the old Needler and the new Needler. So like that, I enjoyed like looking at the old and new versions of each gun that I would pick up. Just a fun little thing. Yeah, it was it was super fun to play. The flood are always a problem. Uh, but, uh, don't yeah. we don't talk about the flood? No. <sighs> What about you? What have you been up to? I've been playing a multitude of games. I since the last time we had a podcast, I 
don't think I finished this before then, but I finished uh, not Octoback Traveler. I finished uh, Triangle Strategy. Still a stupid name, but dear lord, I love that game. It's probably my game of the year. I loved everything about it. Loved this. Loved the story. Enjoyed the characters. I love the freaking the three different pathway system where depending on like how you were going about things, you would recruit different people. You make different decisions. You tick off different people. It was, uh, it's, it was so much fun. Such an amazing journey to go on. Uh, I'm taking a break before I new game plus it, but one day I will new game plus that and I'm going to get the golden route. So that'll be fun. I was in GameStop the other day and I was just looking at triangle strategy. I'm just like, Oh man, I know you're really high on it. A couple of my Twitter followers or my Twitter, Twitter mutuals have been high on. I'm just like, Oh boy, I want to start. I'm just like, Nope, 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 Nope. I got other things I got to play. Yeah, there, there, there are too many games. So I don't blame anyone for not getting a game right now. There are too many games, except if you, if you're out there and you haven't played 13 Sentinels that just came out on switch recently, go play that game. I'm, I'm going to insist upon it. Yeah, if you've listened to us, you know we were both very high on it, and we both played it at different times. And apparently, like it runs really well on Switch too. So there's that as well. Yeah, and plus it, they have additional boosts. Like each character has new abilities and stuff like that for battle. They sadly nerfed the Sentry Gun, but outside of that, it just just played Thirteen Sentinels. It's one of the best visual novels slash real time strategy giant mech battle games you will ever play, and it's freaking beautiful. And my Yakisoba Pond Angel. Oh, the Yakisoba Pond Angel. It's funny. We both said, oh, she's she's the best girl. And then the ending segment started playing, and we were like, I was just like, oh, she really is the best girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we continue on, we got to make sure we look cool for Yuki-chan first. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, or, you'll get the reference if you play the game. Yeah, I I have decided to delve into a dark hole in my gaming history, a a deep dark evil hole which I did not like, but I still finished it. Over a decade ago, I managed to beat. I hate beat the game Final Fantasy Thirteen. Ooh, dear Lord, I don't know why I finished that game. I hated it when I was playing it. I was in college when I played it, and I, I hated it. But somehow, like. I somehow forced myself to finish that game because I don't know why I did it, but I hate finished it and it's over a decade later and I just had like a weird itch. I want to try to play this game again. Do I hate it as much as I remember it? And I've started streaming it at twitch.tv slash card and so far I kind of haven't hated it. It, I think the game starts on an it, an interesting and cool note with the fast paced action and the storytelling, even though I disagree with some of the storytelling and the paradigm system is a really cool battle system. It's honestly my favorite, uh, active time battle system that final fantasy has done. I like it more than uh, six, seven, eight, nine, certainly like it more than 12's battle system. I despise 12's battle system. I have problems with a lot of the music and stuff, and you can see me rant about that a lot on the, my Twitch streams. Cause dear Lord, Chapter four of Final Fantasy 13 is awful. But I think I think the trilogy is all on Game Pass right now, aren't they? Yes, all three games are currently on Game Pass. I'm going to try to get through one, and maybe if I get through one, maybe I'll try to get through two. And if I do that, dear Lord, I might attempt to start Lightning Returns. But I've never touched Lightning Returns, so maybe one day I look forward to trying it. I don't know. Oh boy, I, what have I gotten myself into? 
you've gotten yourself into the adventure with the infamous Louis Vuitton model lightning. <laughs> uh, yes, the greatest experiment in media marketing since Hatsune Miku. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what Square was doing. The Square was like, we're going to make a Final Fantasy Hatsune Miku. And I don't know how much they succeeded, but hey, Lightning was around for three games, kind of. Not really around for two, but uh, whatever. Right, right. Oh, I did I did forget uh, one thing. Uh, you sent me Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology, which I had actually been playing the demo for. Yeah, and such a good game. I've been enjoying the crap out of it. I haven't actually like played the actual game game version of it yet. Um, I was still playing the demo. I, I think I sent you a screenshot. I'm like, dude, I'm... I'm six hours into this demo and it's still going. I thought it would have cut off by now. That is a game that needs to be re-released on Switch. It needs to happen. It's such a good game, but no one freaking played it. Actually, if you have a... Well, it, it kind of occasionally goes on sale on the 3DS Marketplace, and who knows how long that's going to last. Well, I think we do have a date for when it's going to last, but hey, get, get Raiding Historia. It's a really good time-traveling game. At the current time of this recording, which would be April the 18th, uh, it's like $9.99. So what are you losing? What are you, what are you losing? 10 bucks? I might, I might pick up the digital version now that you just reminded me of that. Dang it. It's a yeah, great I mean, game. I mean, just look, I mean, the, the 3DS in general, I don't know much about the Wii, on the Wii U side of things, but um, on the 3DS, I don't miss those sales because a lot of things are on sale right now. Like tons of the Shin Megami Tensei stuff's on sale. Some of the Sega stuff's on sale. Radiant Story is on sale. Don't miss out. And those are the main things I've been playing recently. But oh my goodness, those are some really good games. Oh, I've also been playing Trials of Trails of Cold Steel three again. I'm almost through that one. I'll probably finish it in a couple of months. That that's my. I have nothing else to play. I'm going to chip away at this for a few hours. But when you have a hundred hour RPG shipping away still takes forever. Yeah. That's a, that's my deal with, um, uh, the first game, you know, before we get to how we ended up in the place that we were with fire emblem, we got a little bit of a news. Uh, the fire emblem, fire emblem warriors, three hopes, uh, dropped a new trailer today or not today, but, um, a few days ago. Yes. I wasn't expecting this quite yet, but, they gave us trailer and it had a lot of really interesting and cool stuff in it. Like they're doing some interesting story beats with it. I was so surprised that like, we're going to be going down apparently not a golden route. I'm a little disappointed by that, but we'll see how it all turns out. But uh, we're going to be splitting into like, you know, Dimitri Edelgard and Claude, like uh, things again, they've each got their own branches. Again, we've got our own new protagonist to get wait, And who's that we're fighting. Who's that? Who is our sworn enemy? Wait a second, we're going against ourselves? And you overcome the Ashen Demon. Yeah, oh, that's the was the big surprise of the trailer. We are playing as the purple-haired person from the trailer named Shaz, I believe it is. I think it's like Shiz. Shiz, yeah. And they have a male or female avatar, and they're going against their rival who screwed up their life in the past, apparently. The Ashen Demon Byleth, who you can also pick their gender as well. So that's a pleasant, that's a fun little surprise. And apparently, Shiz will it be be the one who interacts with the school and maybe not Byleth because Byleth that's, doesn't that's have so the wild, dude. Yeah. That's so wild. I know it, it explains why Byleth doesn't have the the sort of seals 
during either of the trailers, but you he, you know he, they've got to have the Sword of Seals for a battle. Sword of the Creator. Yeah, Sword of the Creator. Sorry, not, not Sword of Seals. Uh, this ain't our boy, Roy. This ain't our boy, Roy. I, I need to get my head out of the Game Boy Advance Fire <laughs> Emblems for a few seconds, even if I, I even though I don't want to. I can do it. So in, so in a way, Dorcas decides to, dang it. Look what you did. Look what you did. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, but seriously, um, yeah, I was totally surprised. And we got to see a few of the new time. Uh, I, I don't know if we've got to, I don't know if they're actually time skip designs. I've been calling them mid skip because I thought it was going to take place in that five year gap or by left with sleep. But I guess we'll just call these alternate designs for now. But did you see the dude's beard? The dude has a freaking beard. Did you see Hilda's hair? Hilda looks awesome. She's amazing. Hilda. 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 Lorenz. Lorenz. His hair isn't the worst. It never was the worst. What are you talking about? Don't you dare. Don't you dare. dare. But this new trailer gave us some sneak peeks at some potential units. Was that Hilda's brother we saw? That has to be. That has to be. Pink hair, battle axe, that's Holst, man. That can be nobody else but Holst. And who's he fighting? I called it, dude. I called it in the last, uh, when we talked about this. Because I was, I was like, man, do you think we'll see Caspar's father? You told me no, and you kicked dirt in my face. Yes, I did. And, then I, st- <laughs> I, and I will continue to kick dirt in your face, even if you are right. But yeah, you saw this dude with like blue hair and a beard, and he has like, and it appears to be that same grappler class that Caspar is. I'm just like, Holy crap, that's Count Berglees? I think that's his name? Something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, like, dude, there's just, there's so many things. If we didn't have this episode planned, we probably would have, like, made an episode around that, but this this episode was already set in stone. And watching that trailer, it made me think more and more that outside of the main lords, I don't think we're going to have like characters fighting. We're going to have the classes. So like everyone will be able to be reclassed into just about anything. Those will be the fighting style styles rather than individual characters. And I think I'd be okay with that. So yeah, like everyone can reclass. So like, uh, Lorenz wouldn't be just stuck as a mage. You can make him a, a sword guy or an ax dude or whatever you wanted. And hopefully those fighting styles are fun. <laughs> Please let those fighting styles be fun to play as. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was really cool that, like, you were running around what was essentially a giant base camp rather than the monastery. Oh, it, and it fixes a lot of the problems I had with the first Fire Emblem Wars, where it's just like, well, I see there are a lot of Lance people. I guess I have to use either Alyssa, Frederick, or Camilla. Yeah. Have to fill out a slot with that. But now it's just like, I can make whoever, whatever, and it's going to be great. Ah, I can't wait. Yeah, me either. I, I st- I'm still waiting. I'm just like, come on. Get, tell me the special edition is coming. Yet, Tell me still, we're getting a special edition. Still not in North America yet. We, I think Europe and Asia has been confirmed, but not North America. I feel like we're going to get screwed again, honestly. Probably, but maybe maybe good stuff will happen to us. Yeah, there's some really great trailer analysis out there if you want to go check those out. Um, yeah, but speaking of like anniversaries and whatnot, um, 20 years have passed since Fire Emblem The Binding Blade, Roy's game. Another game that we won't ever get in America. Yeah, they're just they're just kicking us with that one. Um, I would like to. I mean, it, obviously, we're doing an episode for Awakenings, you know, anniversary. We won't be doing one for Binding Blade just for the simple fact that I have not played Binding Blade all the way through. I think I got to like chapter twelve, and I was just like, you know what, I'm not really digging this. <laughs> Sadly, understandable. But as I said, 
We're here to talk about the anniversary, 10 years since this game was released in Japan for the Nintendo 3DS. And uh, Cardos, we had a rough road to actually get here to what was supposed to be the very last Fire Emblem game if it didn't sell 250,000 units. Sadly, it's almost understandable, but it not necessarily through Intelligence System and Fire Emblem's fault. It's just a lot of things lined up very, very poorly. Like the last couple of day- games they had done just weren't working out. The DS Shadow Dragon had disappointed so much that we didn't even get the Shadow Dragon follow up in North America. And then you had Radiant Dawn, which. <sighs> was not advertised at all. It was also a disappointment then before that Path of Radiance. While it was an amazing game, as we have talked about many times here, it was at the end of the GameCube's life cycle, and GameCube at the end of its life cycle was just kind of not beloved at that time. It was a limp to the finish. I mean, the PlayStation 2 was crushing. Like, I think the GameCube sold 24 million units. I think one, I want to say the OG Xbox sold right around that same amount. And then the PlayStation 2 sold 155 million units. A PlayStation 2 was in everybody's home back then. Mm-hmm. That that game lasts, that system lasts for so freaking long. I remember like in the late 360, maybe even early Xbox One days, I would still see like the very rare, like occasional PlayStation 2 game, usually for a soccer game of some sort. But man, the PlayStation 2 lasted so freaking long especially when you look at it compared to the GameCube. Yeah. And you mentioned Radiant Dawn, and for whatever reason, like, no advertising for it. And they sold it, or or sorry, and they released it the same week as Super Mario Galaxy. Come on, man. I I remember being a huge Fire Emblem fan at the time, and I barely had realized that that game had come out. Uh, That thing came out of nowhere, because... You didn't hear about it. Like even like Nintendo Power didn't really talk about it that much, especially when you had it compared to freaking Super Mario Galaxy, the one of the biggest games they had. You know, at this point, like Mario, I mean Mario's the breadwinner. So what are you gonna what are you gonna put your marketing dollar towards? Super Mario Galaxy or you know Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn? But you know, and Radiant Dawn sold so poorly. And this is in, uh, I want to say, the Telius Memorial Recollection book that came out a few years ago that, um, and I'm sorry, I, I won't have a source for this. I tried finding it on Serenus Forest. I know it's on there somewhere, this quote, but I had trouble finding it this time, that this game sold so poorly that Nintendo told Intelligent Systems never to make a Fire Emblem game on the console again. And this is 2007. We wouldn't see another console game till what, 2019? Yeah, and until Three Houses. Unless you want to count Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but we're not going to count Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I'll count it in my heart. Yeah. And you really have to, from Nintendo's point of view, you really have to look at, well, here's Shadow Dragon. Or I'm sorry, here's um, Radiant Dawn selling right around 101,000 copies, I think is the number on a system that sold 101 million units. Uh, that's that that's not a good look. And then you have Shadow Dragon which sold 250,000 units. What I got and that I got that from Wikipedia by the way, so, you know, grain of salt and all that stuff. And the DS sold 154 million units. So it's no wonder that they said, "You know what?" it's probably not worth it to, to, to localize this, you know, 
Because this is 2000... Because Fire Emblem 12 actually came out pretty late into the DS's life cycle. It came out in 2011. The 3DS would be out pretty soon. Yeah. In Japan, while Fire Emblem was more of a mainstay franchise than it was in America, it that's it's still very disappointing. And Japan has shown that... Nintendo of Japan has shown that they are very willing to cut and not produce games for their franchises. Oh, yeah. There was a story that came out, I want to say very, um, I don't want to say like very recently, but they were considering ending the Legend of Zelda series after the Wind Waker because it only sold 2.2 million copies. The Legend of Zelda. Can you imagine? Then I wouldn't have been able to climb stuff and bake apples. Yeah, apparently like because it because it didn't surpass Ocarina times like 8 million cells at the time. So, I mean, they basically, they, they only had one last shot. You know, they said, okay, let's pour everything into this game since it's going to be the last one. Let's make it bombastic. Let's go all out with cutscenes. Let's, you know, bring supports back. Thank God. Let's have a second generation like genealogy. And, you know, let's have references to like Marth and all that stuff. And Nintendo said, okay, 250,000 units or you're done. And what happened? I don't know. I, I do not know. But co-host of the Emblem Support podcast, did Fire Emblem manage to succeed? Unfortunately, it did not. Oh. Fire Emblem would go on to fail and stay dormant while the more popular F-Zero would go on to sell quadrillions of copies. Wait, 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 wake up. You're in an alternate reality or no. Oh, 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 sorry. Success. Success. Fire Emblem was actually destroying uh, the sales charts in Japan like a whole year before it actually even came over here. And it was just, it was just moving. Like I don't, I'm trying to think about you know, like what the key t- to the success was. I, uh, and obviously, you know, something like casual mode, which allowed more accessibility to the game, which was actually introduced in the previous title, but that title never came over here. So that opened up a whole new fan base to be able to come in and have fun with something that they had not previously seen. Um, I don't recall the marketing being very good. Um, kind of a repeat thing, but I actually have to ask Hardwiz because we would wouldn't be getting this game until a year later. Like, well, what did you when did you first hear about Fire Emblem Awakening? I remember hearing that they were working on a 3DS Fire Emblem game and it, that it was actually selling well in Japan and that they were going to bring it to America. And hear this. They were bringing it to America with a special edition 3DS and myself, the poor college student or poor recent college graduate was like, I'm going to save my money. I'm going to save my money. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be able to afford that special edition 3DS. That'll be my first 3DS. It's going to be great. But then I realized I was a poor college graduate and couldn't afford that. So I just got a cheap secondhand 3DS. And But, but I got Fire Emblem Awakening new because I was super excited for what I hoped to be a good Fire Emblem game after the very disappointing Shadow Dragon to me. Yeah, I wouldn't play Shadow Dragon until like several years later on the Wii U's virtual console. So for me, like I played Radiant Dawn. I was like, this sucks. I hate Radiant Dawn. And okay. um, I was kind of done with the franchise. I, I, I couldn't be done with the franchise because I had loved 7, 8, and 9 so much. 
but 10 and 11 being so disappointing and then not even getting 12. But I was so happy when we got the news that we were getting awakening because that wasn't a 100% given. And then finally getting my hands on it and seeing those, like the character portraits. I remember being blown away by the character portraits because the last thing I had seen were the ugly kind of almost claymation looking people in Shadow Dragon and seeing these beautiful character portraits in Awakening just made me so freaking happy. It was just like, I finally got the sequel to the Game Boy Advance games. It felt like I was... Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I first heard about this game, funnily enough, it was because of the DLC that was coming out in Japan at the time. Um, if you know me, I'm a huge Sacred Stones fan. So back, uh, this website went down a long time ago after some kind of merger happened between two other companies, but Joystick, if you remember them, I was on their website because it's where I used to get my gaming news. And I was just kind of scrolling through, uh, you know, you know, and I saw a picture of uh, Erica drawn by Daisuke Zuka who did the art for Fire Emblem 12 and has done like several amazing pieces for Fire Emblem Heroes. And it was Erica in this beautiful wedding dress. And I was just like, whoa, what's this from? And it was just someone announcing like, oh, in the next batch of uh, Fire Emblem Awakening DLC. I was like, Fire Emblem Awakening? Okay, because I didn't, I don't, I'm trying to think if I had a 3DS yet. And I think I had one. I think I got one on the price drop. And the only thing I had for it was Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And I was just like, okay. And so I don't remember if I saw a few screenshots or anything about it, but I was interested in it. And I actually did not pre-order it because I thought, eh, you know, Fire Emblem Awakening, whatever. I just get it day one. And it took me forever to find that game. I went to like, it was probably the only time I have actually hunted as hard as I could for a game. And I knew next to nothing about it. I didn't know who the main characters were. I didn't know anything. I just know that eventually Erica from the Sacred Stones will be DLC. And I think, well, I don't want to say I didn't know absolutely nothing. I'm pretty sure I saw like some screenshots or something that made me go, oh, wow. And I, and I played the demo. That's what it was. I played the demo. And that's what like convinced me to buy it. You talking about seeing that they were getting DLC. I remember that being such a huge deal in like Nintendo power and online at the time, because I, I'm like 90% sure that's correct. I think it was the first Nintendo game to have DLC with it. And it was just such a big deal. Cause it seemed like Nintendo, Oh, Nintendo's never going to do DLC. Nintendo's going to put everything on their little cartridges and discs. And that's the way it's going to be. That is the game you get. You don't really do updates for their games. You just get what you get, nothing else. And the announcement that Awakening was going to have DLC, it was going to have like DLC maps. I think it, I think the Bride class was DLC, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's uh it's an item. Uh Erica, yeah. when she when she when you when you talk to her, she's like, I touched a bouquet of flowers and now I'm in this stupid dress. I have no idea how this happened. I'm just <laughs> like I'm just like, I don't care, Erica. You look amazing. But yeah, you're you're you are correct though. Like there was a huge push for DLC and digital at the time because the Wii wasn't able to do um DLC because it didn't have a hard drive. It has like five hundred twelve megabytes megabytes of like flash memory, and that was it. So any any game that actually came out of that had quote unquote DLC was already actually on the disc. You were just paying something to unlock it. 
but Nintendo, like they were taking a big risk with Fire Emblem Awakening. They were putting, they were putting a lot on them. And the fact that we have DLC for Nintendo stuff all the time now, it started here. It started with Fire Emblem Awakening. And I'm pretty sure that it, it, it could have started with any other game and Nintendo would still be do, doing DLC. But the fact that I can put a feather in Fire Emblem Awakening's cap for starting it first, hey, it's fine by me. And it was actually a decent, it was, I remember thinking at the time, this is actually a kind of fair deal with like the, the maps you would get. And like later on, we got like, like campaign maps to go with it. And what, what I could also be completely wrong here, but didn't they do polls at the time? And like the top people got like swimsuit costumes and a different map, or was that for Fates? It was, for, it was actually for both games. It was for both. Um, they, they, yeah, I couldn't remember if they did that for Awakening or not, but it stuck out in my mind. Well, they were. It was based on the Japanese polls because they did the polls for the U.S. and it was really weird because, like, Walhart was our favorite character for some reason. <laughs> I mean, I love Walhart. I think he's great. He's a good but, design. Yeah, but but the top characters were like Walhart. Oh man, I'm trying to think about. It. I know it was quote unquote Marth, air quotes, and then it was um. I want to say Henry was in third, but it was like a huge gap between Henry and Marth. But when I first powered the game on and you heard that music, uh, music was done in this game, by the way. Um, I think I want to say the name is Hiroki Morishita. He also did the music for Fireman Fates. At least I believe it's a guy. It might be a woman. I did not check the gender. My apologies. But they they did the music for Fire Emblem Awakening and Fire Emblem Fates. And just hearing that very first... I'm trying, I'm trying to describe it because it, it, it was just amazing to hear that. Because I had headphones in. But it was full. It was bountiful. It was amazing. And then you get into those very first maps and... It was just, I'm thinking about now, I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit of goosebumps here from the nostalgia. It was so cool to have a life back into the series because Radiant Dawn, for the most part, it just did not do it for me. It just doesn't click. I've even watched people play through it. It still doesn't click for me. I don't hate like the characters or anything from that world, but no, I, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe you can. Uh, there, there are things that were disappointing about Radiant Dawn, but Fire Emblem Awakening just felt like it did everything right from the look of it. Like I said, I love those character portraits so much. The on-field sprites look good. The battle sprites look solid in the handhelds. The story is fun. You got story of freaking time-traveling children coming to save the parents from evil dark dragons and fighting against people trying to take over the country. Oh, and oh no, the queen has been killed. Spoiler alert. And then you get to the point where you discover that, oh, my characters are getting to know each other. They're building up their supports. You get those first S supports. And you'd notice that all of them are talking about giving wedding rings. It's just like, this is a weird trope we having, but I guess it could be weirder. And then points on the map starting up, opening up for side missions. Oh, I'm going to go to the side mission. Oh. Then that moment you realize, because I didn't know about the second generation going into this game. I didn't know about it at all. Remember, I knew next to nothing because I hit you up because I think at the time, I think this is where you and I really started talking about Fire Emblem because before it's just like, oh yeah, you're a Fire Emblem fan, I'm a Fire Emblem fan, you know, whatever. 
But I remember hitting, doing a mess. Or you sending me a message and you were like, dude, supports are back. I'm like, yo, really? And you were like, yeah, all the way up to S. I was like, okay, that's cool. But I didn't know like S was marriage. So my first S support, which we're going to be talking about in an emblem support log later, uh, was a complete surprise to me. I was like, oh. And then the new map opened up and I noticed that the the character had my avatar's hair color. I was like, huh? I was like, wait a sec. Whoa. Are you, are you yo, this is cool. It's sort of easy to sort of make fun of now. Just like, Oh, it's a uh, waifu simulator game sort of thing. But the first time you play that and that happens, especially if you had no idea going in, how freaking cool is that? Sorry. That, that's just one of the coolest things I've experienced in a game when I didn't know it was coming. I don't think I've ever played another game, well, outside like the Fire Emblem series that lets you like have a kid in the next generation. I'm not, I know there's like tons of games out there that do that, but for me personally, me actually playing this and being like, whoa, okay, this is cool. And then my mind was just like, wait, there's S supports for all these other characters. Holy crap, they have kids too. Holy crap. I know it's so freaking amazing. They, and, and it's not perfect. Like the support conversations that you get with the fathers aren't good. They're basically generic supports with like a few words to change. Like, so someone that has like Virian as their father, like Virian will talk differently, but the kid will always talk the same. But generally, the father supports are always the same. And the most important part of that, because it's it doesn't feel like a just thrown in feature. It doesn't feel like a force in feature because they built the story around it. The entire concept of the time traveling kids coming to save the parents. Doing that was I, I just I just love it. it. It makes me so happy that they did something that cool and it made sense instead of being something that's just thrown in there and doesn't make any sense at all. I'm looking at you, Fates. That is my Fates bashing for the day. They even have like a DLC that shows like an alternate like future where the kids save the day without having to come back in time, and that's cool too. Buy that DLC, by the way. That's that's really good. Final Awakening has a great DLC. And, you know, we talked about all the things that we liked, where we heard about it, what we thought, but I kind of skipped over a point. And I think that one of the biggest keys to this game's success. Obviously I talked about something like, oh, casual mode and anything like that, but I think it's just the time for when this game came out. The DS came out in 2011 and then Fire Emblem Awakening came out in 2012. The 3DS was just, just getting started and just hitting its stride. Whereas, you know, we looked back at Path of Radiance. That's, the end of the life cycle for the GameCube. Even going back to something like the Ratio 776, it was released in 1999. The Super Nintendo had been dead for like a good three years now. And the GameCube was coming out, or the GameCube at least be announced the following year. And the N64 was on its way out. You know, the, I mean, even Genealogy was, you know, 1996, which, mm, you know, sometimes you sometimes you get that overlap with, you know, the install base and, you know, stuff like that. Sometimes you don't. But the timing here was absolutely perfect for Awakening to come out. People were hungry for a new game because Nintendo really wasn't going hard with their first party stuff until way later down the line. Mm-hmm. So it came out during this time. It was killing the charts. 
it was getting this buzz and then it came out internationally and it, I think it's time. I think time was the, not only one of the central, you know, things here in the game, but also the key to this game doing the numbers that it did and saving the series. It did great numbers and it did build up anticipate for the, ne the next game. It made Nintendo want to make the next game into three games for better or for worse. Not getting into that now. But and it ensured that they wanted the Fire Emblem franchise to go on. It officially sort of cemented Fire Emblem as, okay, this is definitely 100% one of our key franchises going forward. It, and it was because of Awakening. Yeah, I mean, in 2017, the interim president, uh, Kirishima, was that, was that that old guy's name? I don't remember his name. <laughs> Me either. I, uh, Kirishima, I don't think it's Kirishima, but uh, continue. Yeah, but like he's right then he was just like, yeah, Fire Emblem was one of our key franchises. He said that in a business meeting. And that didn't that and that 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 did not happen without 2012 and 2013 Fire Emblem. And without the that game, we might not have an Emblem Support podcast. It would have ended here, you know. Like there was no gosh, there just wouldn't be anything. <laughs> we wouldn't have been introduced to so many people. It's like this weird, like what if Blank didn't exist and suddenly you just start seeing things being erased from time? <laughs> Viral Awakening has left an amazing legacy that in a way that the modern games are the new games are still trying to kind of live up to in a sense. Like there's a reason that Warriors and Fates kept calling back to stuff in Awakening because Awakening just was that big of a touchstone, that big of a landmark for the franchise. It's it's such a good game. If you have not played this game, like it's one of the best entry points for the franchise. I always say go for Fire Emblem Seven, but Fire Emblem Awakenings and Three Houses are also just amazing entries into this franchise. Let me ask you this, Cardwell. This 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 just slipped. This actually slipped into my mind while I was at work. I'm gonna talk a little bit wrestling, but I promise it has something to do with it. So please stay with me. So there's this professional wrestler. His name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He came out, um, I want to say several months ago, and he was cutting this promo, and he was like, you know, me and these three other guys, and he named those wrestlers, he's like, we're the pillars of all elite wrestling. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think, if you were to only pick four games from the Fire Emblem franchise, would you say that Awakening is one of the four pillars of the Fire Emblem franchise? It absolutely is. I, I might even argue that Awakening is a pillar of the 3ds potentially i mean it would have to be in my opinion it all goes back to the whole thing i was talking about with time yeah but i think i think that too i think that too i think it is one of the pillars and whether you love it whether you hate it to quote macho man randy macho man randy savage accept it but this is the emblem support podcast and what we like to do we like to talk about the characters and the reasons we love them through the supports and character developments. And thankfully, thank goodness, Awakening brought that back. I'm looking at you, Radiant Dawn. But we get to get to know characters again and get to figure out who these people are and why we like them or why we don't like them. So we finished talking about the legacy of Fire Emblem. And because of Awakening, we have everything that we have now from more games to heroes to cypher, which doesn't exist anymore, but you know what I mean? So we wanted to choose supports that reflected that. So card was chosen support and I chose a support. So we're going to start with, um, 
Crom and Robin, obviously the male Robin. Now we did touch upon Crom and male Robin before when we talked about female Robin, but we never actually read through the male Robin support. So here we go. Uh, is there anyone you prefer a card was? You pick away. Um, I think I was male Robin before, so I will, uh, I'll be him. And I guess that means you'll be Lord Crom. Can I ask you something, Crom? Uh-oh. Should I be nervous? When you found me collapse and without memory, why did you take me in? Well, because you were collapsed and without memory. That's it? Pity was your reason? Isn't that enough? Did you ever stop to think it was some sort of trap? <laughs> well, that's what I have Frederick for. But why didn't... Robin, if I see someone hurt or need, I am going to help them. That's just who I am, and there is no changing it. Or would you rather I'd left you there, face down in the muck? No, of course not. I'm thankful for what you did. Truly, I am. But it scares me all the same. Chivalry and longevity don't often go hand in hand. <laughs> I wish I had a gold coin for every time I got this lecture. I can only offer advice, I'm afraid. You really should be more careful in the future. I'm sorry, but no. If it happened again today, I would do the exact same thing. But... Peace. Robin, I have heard your counsel, and I know you mean well. But as I said, this is who I am. I can't change that, nor would I want to. I... I understand. If that's your decision, then so be it. Just do try to be careful, Crom. For my peace of mind, if not your own. I will. I promise. Alright. Solid sea sport. We get Crom being the goody goody hero that we know he is. And explaining that there's people are always telling him it's like, hey, you shouldn't be this open hearted and pure and nice to help people. Crom's like, uh, lol, no. That's what Crom does. Like he always he's been given command of what's called what's affectionately called the shepherds. And so he kind of leads like this small little force and they go through and they help people uh, do just everyday things. Um, so he's used to helping people out and that's just in his nature. Like something that the game touches on is that Crom's father was essentially a bastard uh, tearing through lands, tearing people and families apart uh, through war with uh, Plagia and its people. And the kids, him, Imran and Lissa had to deal with the worst of it. And I think that's why Crom himself is such a different person. He's such a nice, gentlemanly, um, chivalrous person. And meanwhile, Robin has his own development of being like the cold, kind of cold-hearted tactician. It's just like, I don't see the logical reason why you helped me. This doesn't make sense. Help me realize the tactical reason for why you did this. Crom, are you all right? Uh, yes, I'm fine. But what's got you excited? I heard you were attacked by the mess tent. <laughs> Some local thug appeared with a dagger, but he bolted when I drew iron. It was dark. The poor fellow thought he was mugging a merchant. <laughs> you challenged him alone? Well, I wouldn't say challenged exactly, more like shooed away. Can't very well just leave that sort around the camp, can we? By the gods, Crom, please, I beg you. Do not take any more of these foolish risks. <laughs> You do realize we're at war, right? Just walking onto the battlefield is a risk. I don't fear anyone besting you head on. 
I fear you being stabbed in the back. Many of our enemies do not share your sense of honor. Do you really think some random cut purse would get the better of me? Shall I list every hero who said that for being poisoned, sniped, or snared? Well, I don't think a list is necessary. You're our commander, Krom. Battlefield victories mean nothing if the army loses its leader. You're no longer simply your own man. You stand for all of us. Enough. You have a point. You're right, as you always are. I will be more careful. Thank you, Robin. There we go. A little bit more of the same, except we get a little bit more developed from Robin wanting to put his foot down, trying to make Crom see that, hey, you can't just do all of this stuff on your own at all times. Yeah, I mean, like I, like I just mentioned before, you know, Crom's shepherds are kind of like this small force, but by the time you're going to be able to get a beast support, you're now leading an actual full-forced army. So Crom has probably kind of new to having all of this thrust upon him. Not, say, as new as, like, say, Ike, but he still doesn't kind of, like, get it. They're trying to play Crom up like, well, he's a little naive about certain things. But, and, and Robin's, Robin's right, like, you know, you know, what, what does he say here? Being poisoned, sniped, or snared? Robin's got a good point. Not only does the sport just work between developing the characters, it develops the story and the world as a whole. Huzzah! On to the A. I hear you've been going on patrol with a couple of the men. Only to patrol the immediate area. You know I'm going to say, don't you? That is too risky, and I need to be more careful. Yes. Thank you, Mother. But if you, th but if you know this, then why- Look- I understand enemies could be lying in wait to try and kill me. But there could also be others who need my help. There is a war going on and people are suffering. I can't ignore them. I won't. So why not send your men to search for these hapless innocents? Because. Because? Because. Because of you. If I hadn't been there, if Frederick alone had found you, would we have ever met? Probably not. You see? And it's not just you, Robin. It's everyone like you. I know going out there exposes me to danger, and I haven't always been careful. But it is a risk I'm willing to take in order to connect with the people, to forge bonds. Bonds? Between who? You and me, me and others, the villagers we've met, the world we've seen. Such bonds are the true strength of this army. Without them, we are lost. Others may disagree, but that's one benefit of leadership. I make the final call. <laughs> it's hard to argue when you use me as your example, but at least let me come with you. So you can watch my back? That's part of it, yes. But I also want to be there for you when you find the next me, face down in the field. I want to be able to help you make this army stronger. I want to help you forge new bonds. A logical conclusion. You love to see it. Now on to the S support. Wait, what? <laughs> Listen, we'll just read that female Robin S support. Not we. <laughs> but yeah, like it's it, it's a pretty logical support. Like you know, when we compared the female Robin support, it was just like this weird, wacky. I don't. I don't know how these characters are the leader and tactician of this army, but this, 
this is so good. It makes sense for Robin to be like worried and stuff about Crom just like lackadaisical doing things. But he's still open to listening to Crom's reason and being like, yeah, I like your reasoning. I'm with you on this. I, I dig the support. You, I, I picked this one out. What would, you, what would you give it out of five? It is all over, all around just very solid. I, I'd give it at least a four. It's just solid. Both characters are advancing as characters. It involves the world of what's going on. I, I'm happy with it. I like it. Same, same. But I, I, picked a, I picked out a support for myself. And it's a support that, when are we going to get a chance to talk about this? Because this is a special sort of anniversary episode, so I wanted to go back into Fire Emblem history and talk about two characters from Fire Emblem history who both happen to be in Awakening and both happen to have a support with each other. I have selected a support between the ever-scheming Merchant Anna and the great dragon Tiki. See here, I believe I was Tiki before during that uh, Lucina one. All right, go ahead and take Tiki. Hmm, I see. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Is there aught I might aid you with, my lady? You've been circling round my person for some time now. Apologies, oh, exalted one. I am just basking in the glow of the divine dragon's oracle. I am unused to such rapt attention. You stare at me as one might an exotic creature in a menagerie. I would call anyone who's been alive for a millennia exotic, wouldn't you? My lifespan should not prelude you from treating me as an ally or friend, for I came here in that capacity, and not of that as an oracle. Then can I get your autograph as a token of our new friendship? My autograph? Yes, it's easy. All you've got to do is write down your own name. I suppose I might grant such a request. Really? Oh, yay! Here, this should be enough to get you started. Oh! By the gods, I've never seen such a mountain of paper. You didn't mention needing more than one... Single autograph? Yeah, but I never said I didn't, either. Come on, be a sport. Please? Well, I suppose I did give my word. Woo! Oh, you're the best, Tiki. I have nothing but the deepest admiration for you. Pleasure doing business with you. <laughs> business? Strange. The word stirs memories of a merchant I knew long ago. And yet... With uncountable years behind me, memory is off the f- kind of fog through which... Hey, come on, now. Less talking. We're signing. Chop, chop. Poor Tiki. <laughs> I feel so sorry for her. Even Tiki is a victim of honest schemes. Just like they're, they're two sort of slightly... In the grand scheme of Fire Emblem, they're, it's kind of ridiculous characters. You got the thousand-year-old divine dragon and the merchant who's around in every game. Just like... All right, just have a nice little conversation. This is how I imagine the conversation would go, if you're assuming Anna is as business-centric as she usually is. Yeah, and this is the... Uh, Awakening was the first time, like, she's ever been playable in our party, so it's a rare opportunity. On to the B. <laughs> business is booming! Thank goddess for pious patrons. The question now is, how do I keep this growth up? Hmm. 
Methinks it's time to soak the flames of prophet fever. <laughs> hmm. I overheard you speaking of the prophets just now. Is this the explanation for your most blissful demeanor? Yeah, uh, no, I, I didn't say prophets. I said uh, prophets. Uh, and I'm just happy because the last few battles have gone so well. <laughs> your mirth is well-founded, and yet we can ill afford complacency. This war is still far from ended, and we mustn't forget that our victories come with the cost of others' lives. Though our causes may differ, they still have families, hopes, dreams, and fears. Well, except for the Risen. Those guys are just creepy. <sighs> oh, wait. I have got a great idea. Speak it, then. You should give a speech praising the virtues of peace and the brotherhood. What good is a voice if she's muted, huh? Let's put those vocal cords to use. I'm not so arrogant as to think it is my station to lecture others. I'm merely a woman who has lived longer than most. Yeah, but being all super old gives you wisdom and stuff. You can do a good thing here. The audience would be moved by your words. You could remind them why they fight to achieve lasting peace for friend and foe. Perhaps there is wisdom in what you say. Do it for their sake, even just once. Your passion has convinced me. I'll, I shall attempt to gather my thoughts into words. Perfect. I knew I could count on you. We'll call it talking with Tiki. Attendance could be in the thousands, so we'll need a big venue and space for a commemorative gift shop at the exit. <laughs> Anna, I, I do not wish for this to become an event of such magnitude. I don't even know what I plan to say yet. Oh, don't worry. I'll have my people whip up a script for you. Ooh, and we can have a VIP meet and greet after the speech. Ooh, it'll be huge. Gods, give me strength. <laughs> Again, poor Tiki. Poor Tiki. Of course, Anna will try to take advantage of a, goddess, a dragon goddess thing if she can. Wonderful job, Anna. I'm sure this won't come back to bite you in the butt. Or will it? I don't know. Let's read the A and find out. Oh, wow. Nobody draws a crowd like Tiki. Talk about star power. I've known kings that would kill for that kind of adoring public. This speech was a sellout, and I unloaded my entire stock of Tiki memorabilia. Someone pinch me. I must be dreaming. I volunteer for that duty. <laughs> You're as quiet and sneaky as ever. <laughs> What's up with the super scary face? Is there aught you would like to tell me, Anna? You mean uh, other than how awesome you are? I hear you charged admission to my speech on the unending power of good. Additionally, it seems you are hawking my signature like a common market trinket. <laughs> oh, common market trinkets usually don't sell for 50 gold a pop, am I right? Look, look, come on, th there was demand, Tiki. The people just want to be a part of you. You get to spread your message, they get hope for the future, and I get a little coin, or a lot of coin. If your actions were so altruistic, there would be no need to hide them from me. Yet even now I see the shame of your deeds writ upon your face. Wait, wait, I, I didn't do it for my own personal gain, I, I swear. Such deceit only compounds your folly. Tiki, why are you pulling out your dragonstone? 
Teach you that deceiving an oracle bears a hefty price. Now steal your lying tongue, prepare to be eaten. Uh, wait, you've got me wrong. I, I'll, I'll donate the proceeds. Yeah, yeah, that's it. To, to, to charities. Shanty Peach, Pete's Orphanage will get some, and so does uh, uh, Widows of Gangrel. And oh, I, I'm giving a big hunk to the people of the ethical treatment of wyverns. You were planning to give your profits away? Of course. What sort of greedy monster do you take me for? That's rhetorical, by the way, so don't actually answer. I have doubts as to this tale. Were you truly planning nothing more? What, what, you mean like an unauthorized tiki biography, Or uh, selling some locks of your hair and small bits of your clothing? <laughs> of course not! Well, I'd never even consider such things! Very well. I shall forgive you just this once, but any events in the future will be open to all, regardless of status or wealth, and you will give me every coin you have earned so far in my name. I shall see if I cannot return them to its former owners personally. Oh, come on, you're killing me here. You are free, of course, to decline, in which case you may pursue a new career opportunity in food services. Here, take it. Take the money. I'm so glad you understand. I understand you're a job-killing socialist. What was that? Nothing. Pleasure doing business. You know, Anna, a saleswoman like you could achieve true greatness. You should consider that the next time Avarice tempts you. Oh, I will, Tiki. You can count on it. Whew. That was close. Now then. Time to earn back some of that sweet, sweet gold. Okay, I love this. <laughs> it is ridiculous. It's it it is very meta with things like oh the people eth, people for the ethical treatment of wyvern. Just like you, I don't know how much for in the world that is, but it it's so over the top and ridiculous. I kind of like it. <laughs> to me, the only copy was the widows of Gangrel. <laughs> <laughs> And, and what I really liked about it is that in Tiki's other supports, um, I think I mentioned it last episode where there's a certain theme song that kind of plays. It's called you have power like mine. And it's just very like soothing and mythical and kind of ancient sounding song. And it plays all through Tiki's supports and it kind of adds to Kiki's character being a little bit mythical now that she's much older and she's a divine dragon. But here you kind of get um, Tiki but she's kind of pissed. <laughs> so she gets to break, break her character just a little bit. And she gets to actually put Anna in her place. It, that's nice to see. Anna's schemes are not paying off this time around. Yeah. Uh, but you, but get, you can't keep a good merchant down. She'll get her money somehow. She'll get her money somehow. She might just have to throw away all the hair and clothes she just stole from Tiki, but eh, we'll wor she'll worry about that some other time. If I were to rate this, I'd say I give it a four out of five because the first one, the first support's kind of, but then the second and third one are really good. It's it's just a weird, wacky sort of scenario, and I, I don't mind the occasional wacky, <laughs> wacky support conversation. I, I'm okay with that. I'd also probably give it a four. All right, but before we get out of here, I reached out to the Twitterverse, see what they thought. I got a comment. Uh, I got a comment here from Clairvore and Nara, and they say. I really appreciate them deciding to just kitchen sink what was possibly the final Fire Emblem game, 
both through literal reference and adapt an adaptation of older game mechanics. There's as much as I don't like in Awakening, but I admire the intention behind their decisions. They go on to say, I spent several hundred hours just replaying my favorite Radiant Dawn map, Alentia's Gambit, using different combination of units. Even if it only ranks in the middle upper class at Fire Emblem games for me, I don't think any Fire Emblem will surpass the 2,000 hours I spent in Awakening. That's a lot of time. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I, 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 can't, I can't agree more. Like I also liked playing the Alentia's Gambit map. I know I was talking about how I didn't like Radiant Dawn that much before, but I do like Alentia's Gambit. It's a really good map. I like that. I, I I like that arc. I kind of wish it was blown out to a full game, but um, yeah, they really did throw everything at this game, and it, it it paid off. Right now, I'm trying to. I I remember a couple of months ago on Twitter, there were a lot of people posting their Wii U and 3DS time for how much they played games, and I remember like Awakening being far and away the thing I played most on 3DS. I'm just, was just trying to look it up. I can't find it. Oh my goodness, I I spent so much time with that game, and I absolutely love just about every minute i spent in that world it's such a fun game awakening was also my number one it was like four almost like 400 hours even and i think the the thing that was underneath it was fireman fates um but uh you know but i agree like i don't i mean that's those are pretty much my things that i agree with too you know like the older game references mechanics and there are some things in awakening that i don't like but I don't want to be like too negative. You know what I mean? But all in all, it was for the best. It was for the livelihood of the series. And it's allowed us to have so much more, you know, I'm not here, you know, praising ascended Joshua and heroes or admiring Virian's great hair after all these years. If uh, we didn't have awakening. So, yeah. Do you have anything else to add card before we head out of here today? I don't believe we do. I do. All right. Then card where can they find you on the internet? You can find me. On Twitch at card twitch.tv slash cardwiz. I'm playing a lot of Fire Emblem randomizers and I'm starting to play a lot more Final Fantasy 13 if you want to dive into that as I probably descend into madness. That'll be fun. And where can they hit you up on Twitter? You can look me up at KD Corley. As for me, you can find me at Plan Ordo, the podcast at Emblem Supports, and you can always find me at twitch.tv slash ordo. Uh, with all that said, chapter complete.